You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 150 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne all with you on this Monday night after a week off. Guys, how we doing? And... This is a nice little milestone for us. It feels like yesterday that we hit our 100th episode, and now we're at 150. That's a nice number, and it's nice to be back with you guys. How you doing? Feels like yesterday we were crammed at a table in your parents' basement recording <laughs> on makeshift equipment. But yeah, 100 was also yesterday too, so that's good. I'm doing great because I just got word that the outdoor rink is now open in Brockville and I will be heading back there Friday for two weeks. So I'm going to spend as much time out there as possible. And I, I love playing on Old Dam. They, they have such a great setup there and so much fun. I'm super excited for that two case. When I go home, that's exactly what I'm going to do every day that I can because that's the best part about coming home for Christmas, honestly. I mean, yeah, the, seeing family, the presents, meals, you know, whatever. But playing hockey on the ODR, that's one of the best. Um, it, the only thing about Old M that I despise is the fact that they only flood like once a day, it seems. So I hope that this year they do something different and start to flood a bit more because... Like by the end of the day, by the time you're done doing whatever you have to do throughout the day, you know, for most people that's working or, you know, doing some sort of activity, you know, it's garbage ice. So I, I really hope this year they start to flood more because uh, that would be nice. Well, there's also always excited. Also excited to go back to Steve's as well because yeah. that oh, ice yeah. is always great. There's always that one guy out there that like, has drank his he's drank his third double double he's wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and spends about 80 percent of his time shoveling so you got to appreciate those guys when they don't flood nearly enough there they have a zamboni what are you doing let me drive the thing i'll do it I, I know and there's the roof too so like you'd think it wouldn't get that bad but the problem is there's like 150 people out there at one time all the time so i'm not looking forward to that but hopefully we can find some good times throughout the days guys and and get some good games going because that's what it's all about and if we get there at a good time and there's not that many people maybe i'll even throw on my gear for a day so that's always fun perfect yeah looking forward to uh getting down there and if i remember correctly guys was it christmas eve last year that we had like probably our best game down there like good group of guys using the benches we had two goalies was that last year or maybe yeah a couple that was years last year. ago yeah that was it all awesome. blends together for me but yeah we've definitely had some good times there good <laughs> games yeah for sure uh alrighty, guys let's get into a little fantasy corner and uh case we'll start with you I had a monster week last week, not points-wise, but just the way it, it came down to things. Um, I was losing going into Sunday, and I was talking to Chad kind of 
beforehand, before the game started, saying, like, I'm a little worried because a lot of my guys have been underperforming this week, and I don't know how things are going to work out. Then he, uh, Taylor Prosser is who I was playing. He had Miko Rantanen score all three goals in a 3-2 win for Colorado. And I was like, man, this is not looking good. I called out David Krejci to have a big game for me because he's a big game player and they're playing Vegas. He was hurt, didn't play that game. So it looked real bleak. But that L.A., Columbus game paid off for me. Kempe had a goal and Patrick Liney a goal and two assists to put me above. Then Adam Lowry potted one and eventually I kind of, you know, pulled away and, and got the win. So that was a big one for me. And I don't know, fun week. It, it was kind of back and forth with me and Pross all week. Nice, nice. To start my week, uh, last week, I was playing No Regretskis, who is Dylan. And uh, he has a pretty good squad. And at the start of the week, it was projected uh, 219 for myself to 212 for Dylan. So it was supposed to be a pretty close week. And as the week went on, it was for the most part. But then over the last few days, I don't know what happened. A few of my guys just kind of went off. Uh, Boone Jenner had 21 points. Lawson Krause had 17 points. Konechny had 18. Dougie Hamilton had 21. And uh, it finished 236 to 175. So it wasn't the close matchup that... Uh, I was expecting at the start of the week, but that's not really what I want to talk about in this fantasy corner quick. I just wanted to mention that there are some wicked trades being thrown around right here. And by wicked, I mean severely in favor of one team. And I don't know why um, Remy from he, he's the manager of Will Nye, the science guy, or is it Will Nye, the scoring guy? It's one of those. He's been throwing out some crazy trades. I wanted to get your guys' feedback on those because I feel like I'm a one-man show in the group chat, like criticizing these trades as the commissioner. But like some of them were pretty bad. Like, it, So if I'm remembering correctly, the one was um, Cole Caulfield. And who was he traded one for Shen. one for? Braden Shen. So right away, like that's a tough one. The other one was um, Lucas Raymond for... No, 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 no. Wait, wasn't yes. Cole Caulfield no. included in one of these? Yeah, Cole Caulfield for Braden Shen. Okay, Kyrou okay, and then for Raymond. Yes, and then the third one. Thanks, Case, for having my back there because I have no idea what I'm talking about if it's not in front of me. It's been a long day. Um, and then the third one was Eichel for Jamie Ben, one for one. Eichel going to Eichel Tower. That's uh, John who just picked up Jamie Ben off waivers. And Jamie Ben, who again was just on waivers, who a lot of guys had a waiver claim in on, um, but ultimately Eichel Tower got him. He's going to Remy's team. So what did what did you guys think of those three trades? I personally think that the Raymond trade and the Eichel trade are relatively fair. I don't love them, but I'm leaning towards allowing them. But then the, the Caulfield for Shen trade, like that's ridiculous, right? So what we saw here was like a rabid animal being backed into a corner because Remy is in the bottom right now. He just lost to the last place team, uh, <laughs> Jake's slam dunk team, who had Tage Thompson on his bench when he had five goals and assists in a game. So he's just clawing and scratching and doing anything he can to get himself out of that corner right now. The two trades were with one team, and if one of the trades was flipped, then I thought that trade was fair. If it was, if it was, um, let me get this right. If it was Raymond and, sorry, if it was Cairo and um, Shen for Caulfield and 
Raymond, that would yes be fair in my mind. But I feel I, like feel like Remy got the short end of the stick on both of those trades with the same team. So I was a little puzzled about that one. Uh, Eichel's on the IR and he kind of is there frequently. So I don't know. Uh, Jamie Benz having quite the the season for himself so far, but. I know he's playing down on the third line. Occasionally, he's playing with a couple. He's playing with um, Wyatt Johnson and a couple. Uh, one other guy, young guy, I think, Delandria, maybe. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know how that trade's going to pan out for him. It, it'll, I'll be interested to follow it, especially when Ben was claimed on waivers yesterday. I tried to claim him myself, but I wasn't so, high enough in so the waiver. Did I. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we you did too, Harp. I didn't know yeah, that. I did. I, I put in a claim for him, and uh, yeah, I dropped I dropped Connor Sherry yesterday, and I tried to put in a claim for Jamie Ben, and I got all excited, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm bummed out about it. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to say this on Jamie Ben. I don't. I didn't tell you guys this, but I was at dinner with John um, at a nice Italian spot, and he brings up fantasy you know and we're talking about it and i'm kind of just roasting him because he's in the bottom of the league and he pulls out his phone and he's like can you just show me like like how to even manage this team and i show him how to set his lines for the week because you know he had he first of all he didn't even have the app so he had to download the app he was like you harper who does it on his computer (laughs) so i show him how to set his lines for the week so he's good for that now and then i showed him how to make a a waiver claim and I was with John when he made the waiver claim for for Jamie Ben because, first of all, selfishly, I knew I wasn't going to get him. Second of all, for for the good of the league, I thought it would make sense that a bottom feeder team get a good player and be able to do something with them because John, like like I said, his team is o nine and o, okay. <laughs> Through, through nine weeks here. So I thought I'd throw him a bone there. That's what I did. That's how we got Ben. And then he turned that into Eichel, which, to be honest, like in drafting, I stayed away from Eichel because I think he's a bit of a Band-Aid and his production is kind of wish, wish-washy. You know, it's up and down. But Ben, I was originally against drafting him, but I actually picked him up in my other league off of waivers when he was ranked around 40th because he's been having a good season and the stars roll lines. So that's something that is beneficial for for the owner of Jamie Ben. But anyways, ben, wanted to share that with you. I was trying to get Ben and drop Owen Power to do that because Owen Power is killing me. He plays 25 minutes a night in nine goal games and gets zero points or 24 games in a six goal night. Zero points. Gets 0.75 fantasy points. I'm like, how can you play so much and do so little? I I know. I I don't get it either, man. Like, I think he's got just the 10 assists this year, which is good. Like, he's been very good. But I'm a little surprised myself that the points aren't exactly there. And I thought that he'd have a goal by now, for sure. It takes longer for defensemen, so it is what it is. I know, Uh, but man, come on. You're scoring nine goals and you've been on the ice for 24 and a half minutes. Yeah, no, that's that's absurd. Like, Case, we've talked about this over the last couple weeks. But, Harp, I was kind of creeping your week last week in, in fantasy because I saw that you played your brother. Why don't you share how that turned out? 
Yeah, so uh, not good, as expected. <laughs> uh, the uh, the youngest and smartest Cody brother has uh, has a good squad for sure. So he beat me by like thirty this past week, and uh, I think he's at six and three now. He's looking pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm still five and four. Uh, I won last week, and so you know, still uh, still above five hundred, which is good. But um, yeah, just. Not a lot of production from my guys. And, you know, I think a couple of things like Jeff Skinner, his suspension kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, you know, he couldn't play that second game against Pittsburgh. I don't know what got into him. He cross checks <laughs> Jake Gunsel in, or uh, Jake Gensel, excuse me, in the face. That was um, vicious. And then just, Dirty as yeah, hell. Yeah, it was. I don't know what he was thinking. They got into it pretty good, and then he just went at him with that. So not impressed. But he's been one of my best performers this year. And then just not a lot on the back end. But I will say that um, a guy who I really needed to step up, and even though I lost. This guy did step up, and it looks like this team is finally starting to get going, and that's Evgeny Kuznetsov of the Washington Capitals. He was one of my best performers last week, as well as Pierre-Luc Dubois. So I was glued to the TV screen on Sunday night watching those two play each other uh, in Winnipeg between the Caps and the Jets. Charlie Lindgren, uh, Lindgren, by the way, first star of the week in the NHL. So... Um, anyway, so yeah, tough loss, but M's got a good team, and uh, it's it's on to the next matchup this week. Lindgren as well. That setup with the black jerseys, the reverse retros. Did you see that? That yeah. setup was gorgeous, like one of the best I've seen all year. So I wanted to say that. And to conclude, fantasy corner. I'll repeat what I already posted in the fantasy chat earlier today. Top five and bottom five uh, in the league right now. Bottom five. 20th, Eichel Tower. 19th, Jake Slam Dunk team, who got their first win this week, and uh, I'm sure he's pumped if he even knows. Uh, 18th, I took the walk to Poland. 17th, Mail Order Brides. And uh, in 16th, Will Nye the Science Guy, as we mentioned. Uh, 1 to 5, myself, number 1, uh, 9 and 0. Oh. Kuznetsov's third line, number 2, also 9 and 0. Oh. He's been on my heels since the very first week um, and it's kind of scaring me a little bit because I feel like as soon as I get a tough matchup and he gets a little bit of a, an easy one things can easy, flip-flop dude he has the least points against in the entire league he gets an easy oh, matchup every week okay 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 I, I did not know that uh, that actually makes me feel a bit better I didn't better. know that either uh, no Regretskis in third, 6-3-0. Number four, Nico is our captain, also 6-3-0. And squeaking into that number five spot with less than 1,500 total points for, as Alan uh, so kindly pointed out in the group chat, is Hattrick Swayze. And that is the, uh, in your words, Harper, the younger and smarter Cody brother. So there you go. My that's how too, the league, Chad. Yeah, that's too. how the league shakes out right now. <laughs> All right, looking forward to another week of uh, fantasy hockey in the Yahoo Boys in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. Okay, guys, so uh, we've got a, a pretty interesting episode topic for this week, and um, it, it was it was pretty funny earlier because I think the three of us were kind of walking on eggshells, being fearful that we would all get the same guys or whatever or, or a couple of us would and then the other would would be fine but I think we're gonna be okay so we'll, we'll try this and what I'm talking about is um, best 
waiver claims in uh, in the uh, in the last couple of years here. Um, in uh, yeah, in, in in the last few years. So uh, and and this is very timely after, of course, uh, former first round pick Ellie Tolvanen gets claimed from the Nashville Predators to the Seattle Kraken. So a guy that is uh, still young that hasn't um, put put everything together yet. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting here by Seattle. M mode legend. Ellie told it in. Yes. That guy scores yeah. 40 goals a year in GM mode in the yep. NHL games. Yes. Oh, yes I swear, you sim one season and the guy's like 88 overall, 45 goals, like 90 points. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I should have reworded our uh, our episode topic. So best waiver claims in recent memory. That sounds a lot better. So anyway, uh, Case, we'll, we'll go to you first. And uh, if, if I'm remembering this correctly and what you were saying in the group, chat earlier it's a guy that went to a team in the metro division where your new jersey devils are so uh let's hear yours first this podcast is sponsored by liquid iv winter is back and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season liquid iv has you covered just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, I picked this one because there's just a whole story going on here and it really goes full circle and I do like the player as well although he kind of sucked when he played for my team but um, anyways I'll get into it here it's Michael Grabner um, the story here that, that makes this so interesting to me is how fleeced Florida got here or how big of a mistake they made and that they traded Keith Ballard coming off a career year and Victor Oreskovich Young at the time, but only had six points in 50 games that year for Grabner, Steve Bernier, and a first rounder in that year. So a lot of value there. Um, so for Vancouver, Ballard played 148 game, okay games of hockey and uh, before moving on three years later, so not much there. Oreskovich played 17 games for Vancouver, getting three assists and retiring two years later. So didn't work out for Vancouver at all. Florida must have won this one, right? 
Mm, the first round pick was Quentin Howden, who played 89 games for Florida and eight for Winnipeg before taking his career to Europe. So that first round pick didn't work out. Steve Bernier played one season for Florida before moving to New Jersey. And in a team effort with Scuderi and Jeff Carter ruined my chances of, uh, you know, win a season where the Devils win the cup in 2012. Thanks, Steve Bernier. You're my least favorite player. <laughs> but the worst part of it is Grabner. Florida put him on waivers just four months later, where he'd be claimed by the New York Islanders. The future NHL fastest skater in 2011 went on to lead rookie scorers with 34 goals and added 18 helpers for 52 points that year. Good enough for a Calder finalist. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty huge. He had two more productive years in the island before you know things started to tail off. And uh, to make this story go full circle, he was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs in a package, a huge package of a lot of nothing, uh, that included Connor Verhage. So that got the ball moving on Connor Verhage, who played in Bridgeport for a bit, and then Syracuse, and then got to Florida finally. So Florida would like to think of this as trading Keith Ballard and uh, no one for Verhage six years from now. <laughs> wow. So I like how that went full circle. No one really came out on top here except for the Islanders. Uh, in the end, Grabner, 640 games played, 175 goals, 101 assists. One of the best penalty killers, um, you know, kind of in that era, he, he had the most shorthanded goals in that era. That's for sure. I've, I think he had like yeah. seven one year. So uh, the guy, monster speed, good player, Austrian guy. I love the story here. And this was a great waiver pickup by the Islanders, especially after Florida just acquired him. It's unbelievable to me. What a crazy story. That's why I wanted to do an episode like this, because there are just some random stories that like you forgot about or like just never really connected the dots to. So thank yeah. you, Case, for that. Yeah, uh, good day. Remembering on this. Remembering Grabner, like the first thing you think of is his incredible speed, right? But Case, I'm glad you mentioned his penalty killing ability too because I remember when he was playing for the Leafs I used to think okay this guy gets seven breakaways a game four of them are shorthanded like this guy should have 55 goals every single year and of course mm -hmm. you know he didn't have quite the finishing ability as some some other guys who might get that many opportunities but what a hell of a player man and I also didn't know that Verhage was the guy or one of the guys included in that package. So that's just extra insult to injury for me. Thanks yeah. for that one. <laughs> no problem. I wanted to get a dig at Toronto always, right? But yeah, it was Verhage, Taylor Beck, defenseman Tom Nilsson, Matthew Finn, and goaltender Christopher Gibson. So on a, a big package there. I don't really know any of the names except Carter Verhage and Tom Nilsson. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Chris Gibson is still kicking around somewhere, isn't he, in the minors maybe? but Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. I know that he had a PTO with uh, Arizona, but uh, they they ultimately didn't sign him and, of course, claimed Connor Ingram off of waivers uh, from, from Nashville. And, and uh, John Gillies, who they signed in the summer, is playing with Tucson in the AHL. So, yeah, he's kicking around somewhere. Actually, you know what? He might be... He might be in the Seattle organization. You'd have to check that. Mm. But anyway, um, before we move on, the, the only thing I'll say about uh, Grabner, yes, like first things that come to mind, you guys already mentioned them, the speed, 
and uh, his great um, ability on the penalty kill, but the guy is ripped. Like, absolutely ripped, man. He is just, like, it's it, it's crazy the shape that he's in. He looks like he could still play, and uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll see, like, the odd Instagram video or whatever of him, like, just playing with his kids in the backyard, and, and um, you know, like, I'll, I'll see the odd one here and there. He's pretty active on social media, I think, and... Man, the guy's in incredible shape too, and you know he's just—he's—he's he's got sleeves and of tattoos and everything, and the guy just looks like a warrior. And he was a great player. So sounds like he's good has a little bit of a crush. One, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, I—I like I, I got into this one. I, I was following the rabbit hole. Uh, Gibson's playing for Coachella right now. Oh, okay. well, there you go. So Harper's right. All right, awesome. Uh, Case, that that was a good one, man. Well, well done. I, I was I was kind of interested as to how far some of us would go in uh, in in the years um, with with these. So yeah, no, that was great. All right, Chad, uh, let's get yours, man. Sure. So as always in these things, I always have a, a main player that I want to speak about, but also um, you know an honorable mention. So. My honorable mention, I'll bring up first. Uh, actually, both these players are known for their time playing in Montreal, which is kind of weird, um, you know, given the fact that I'm a Leafs fan. But I was just looking back year by year, looking at the biggest waiver claims, and these two players stood out. The first one is, uh, you know, maybe a little bit lesser. It's Sam Montembeau. He was claimed by Montreal in 2021 from Florida, and that was like at the very beginning of the season. Actually, both these players were claimed at the very beginning of the season. You know, when you place a guy on waivers and you hope for the best, and he doesn't clear, and that's what happened. Montembeau was drafted third round in 2015, uh, and since then he's played two parts, or he's played parts of two seasons for the Habs. And you know, last year he wasn't great, I'll admit. So you know, people looking at you know, this guy is like the best waiver claim ever or in recent memory. I wouldn't necessarily say that. That's why he's an honorable mention because he wasn't great last year. But this season through nine games, he's been pretty damn good, guys. He has a positive goal saved above expected. It's, you know, 2.2 goals saved above expected. And uh, through nine games, he has a 297 goals against and a 908 save on a team that frankly isn't that good. So he's been... Um, fairly good for the Montreal Canadiens since they got him in 2021 again as a waiver claim so I thought that was uh, a nice easy honorable mention yeah he he was put into a tough situation last year and uh yeah it, it didn't turn out well for him I remember he was part of what seemed like a goalie carousel last season uh, before the season where everyone was just claiming goalies off waivers and I, you couldn't keep up with which backup was where and you know Comrie's going to the Devils then back to Winnipeg and snip snap snip snap it's like all over the place so yeah he was definitely one of those and with Carey Price um, you know he he got to play quite a few games multiple but yeah definitely working out for him so far this year yeah yeah this year's been good I mentioned last year because like he was one of I think five goalies to play for Montreal last year you know they had him Price, uh, McNiven, uh, I think Primo, maybe a guy or, or another two guys. So they had a ton of goalies play for that team last year. And again, like they weren't overly good. So you can't really hold it against the guy. But this year, like we've said, you know, on a team that is still sort of struggling and is giving up a lot of quality opportunities, he's been he's been pretty good. 
I, I, I was actually blown away by um, how, how good his numbers have been. And uh, I, I just I stumbled across them uh, one day editing some uh, editing my my rosters in, in NHL and and uh, had to give him a nice bump because he's yeah he's been great in a small sample size and um, I, I honestly I was so surprised I thought ja- uh, Jake Allen's numbers would have been better just you know it seems like he's had so many nights this year where it's like, oh my god, like, you know, we're messaging Allen in the group chat, and, like, Allen is, has um, been standing on his head tonight, and, you know, here's 20 saves in the first period, 45 on the night, whatever, but um, he's playing a lot more games, and the team is, is not not quite there yet. They're going through their rebuild, obviously, although they've been a lot of fun to watch, but Allen is getting the bulk of the games and facing a lot of shots and against the better teams, and so his numbers haven't been as good. But, yeah, no, good for Montembeau, obviously a Quebec kid. Um, we've seen what that can do to certain guys, that kind of pressure. Jonathan Drouin, unfortunately, is uh, is a guy that comes to mind. But, no, man, he's he's taken a, a, an opportunity here with them for sure. It's nice to see. Yeah, okay, so the, the player I actually wanted to talk about as maybe one of the best waiver claims in recent memory, at least in my opinion, is Paul Byron, also to the Montreal Canadiens, like I mentioned. So he was claimed in 2015-16 by Montreal from Calgary. He was actually drafted in the sixth round by Buffalo, though, Yeah. Uh, prior to that. He was 26 at the time, and he was making league men when he was claimed. Uh, the year prior, he had six goals, 13 assists for 19 points in 57 games. So he wasn't setting the league on fire, but there was some potential there, even as a 26-year-old. The problem was, for, for Paul Byron and the Flames, is that he had a sports hernia surgery in the offseason prior to the 2015-16 year. So after training camp, it was sort of uncertain what was going to happen with him. And, you know, I think there were some questions around his health. So they placed him on waivers at the very start of the season, uh, indicating that he didn't make camp. And he Montreal swooped in and picked him up right away. Since then, he's played parts of seven seasons for the Habs. He scored 20 goals twice. He was actually placed on waivers three more times since then. But he signed two contracts now with Montreal over the span of that seven years. Uh, The first one was three times three and a half with Montreal, and the second one was four times 3.4. So essentially the same contract, and he's made a ton of money playing for Montreal, and he's been a pretty good depth scorer for this team um, you know in the regular season and in the playoffs so despite the fact that he hasn't played a single game this season because he's on LTIR and you know the certainty of his future in the NHL is kind of up in the air I thought you know to get seven or parts of seven seasons from a guy on a waiver claim and to extend him twice I thought that was really really good value just for picking up a guy who who a team you know didn't believe in anymore well, so what, what do you guys top, think about paul on top of that he became like a he's like a cult player in yeah. montreal right like everyone loves him and he's kind of like a fan favorite i guess you'd say and um he has had some pretty monster years for them plays like a role a role player for them although in those 20 goals uh seasons he, he was like first line for most of it I have such a bad taste for Paul Byron because, you know, when you have like one interaction on the internet and it ruins a player for you because of their fan base? Well, I ran into a thread that 
I don't remember the exact specifics, so it's not going to be you know totally fair here for me for me to rip on him. But it was that 2016-2017 season. He was having a great year, you know, 22 goals, 43 points. And Kopitar had his worst season of his career. He had 52 points in 76 games. Um, I don't remember the exact reason why they're comparing them, but it was something like Kopitar was going to be an all-star. And Montreal fans were saying, Paul Byron is better than Kopitar. Why isn't Paul Byron an, an all-star? Or why isn't Byron going to the Olympics? It was something weird like that. And they were comparing his play to Andre Kopitar. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I got so frustrated and so angry at Montreal fans reading comments and stuff that I have, for the last six years, disliked Paul Byron. <laughs> but you gotta love the story like a guy who wasn't proven in calgary gets claimed has some very productive years in montreal and signs two massive no, tickets when I'm, he was making league men i'm not saying it's a bad story and it's definitely a great waiver claim this one worked out for montreal like when you can get a guy to be a career player for you it's it's pretty great but like i just every time i see or hear paul byron's name i'm like oh mm. that's funny <laughs> That's that's hilarious and ridiculous at the same time. Um, yeah, no, he he was he was really good there. Like one of those guys that just a smaller guy, but with a lot of speed and great work ethic, and just would kind of fly under the radar, get you twenty goals, and you know, have a great summer. See you later, and and that's kind of what he did. And now. I think is is he on LTIR now? Yeah, he is. So he's yeah he's he's pretty much finished, and they're just letting that uh, the rest of that contract run out. But yeah, during his um, his heyday there in Montreal, he was he was really good for them for sure. Yeah, he's on LTIR right now, and from what I read today, just doing a, some quick research about the, this waiver claim, is that. It's kind of uncertain right now whether he'll return to the NHL. I know he's had a lot of problems. Yeah. I mentioned that sports hernia uh, that he had. So who knows? He, I mean, he's only 33, but you know, by the NHL standards, like there's still plenty of guys who are doing it. Like for Christ's sakes, like Sidney Crosby is leading the league in five on five points right now, and he's 35. Not comparing the two case, uh, just to, to make Thanks. sure, so you don't hate me. <laughs> But uh, no, like you know, you know, if he gets healthy, maybe he can come back and sign a league men deal. But the the overall point was that uh, you know they had him for seven years, and he was a waiver claim. So I thought that was yeah. great value to be found there. No, honestly, both uh, both great ones from you guys, and uh, good digging for sure. Going back a little bit, so. Um First of all, I'm glad that we didn't run into any of the same ones, and uh, I didn't dig as far as you guys did. I've got a pretty good one, I feel like, from uh, last year, which is hard to believe because it feels like this guy, and he's still young, has, has been with this team for a while now. And when I saw the date that he was, that he was claimed, um, it, it really surprised me. So I'm talking about Gustav Forsling of the Florida Panthers. And so I was driving home earlier, and I'm, I'm trying to just, uh, you know, I'm not on my phone or anything, obviously. And, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, you know, just recently, like, think of a good one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure Gustav Forsling was a waiver claim by the Panthers. Sure enough, yeah. he was. And so That's amazing. Pretty, 
pretty interesting to see, uh, yeah, pretty interesting to see kind of his path. So, uh, he was claimed on January 9th of last year, 2021, of course. Um, again, like, here's another example of a guy that, you know, could have been great for Vancouver on defense, funny <laughs> enough. Uh, they drafted him in the fifth round in 2014, and uh, but he he didn't play for them really at all. He played all of his games in Chicago until he ended up in Florida. So 27 points in 122 games with Chicago between 2016 and 2019. And then in that 1920 season is when he really broke out, but it was in the American Hockey League, which was interesting. He had 26 points in 57 games with the Charlotte Checkers before being claimed. So then January of last year, he gets claimed by Florida, and in that 2020-21 season, he fits right in. Like, pretty good production from a defenseman, 17 points in 43 games. Last year, 37 points in 71 games. So the production takes a huge jump. It's a career year for him. And this year he's already got 18 points in 29 games. And I know that the Panthers have been up and down, but man, like, thank God they got this guy to help them out on the back end, especially now without Mackenzie Weger. Um, he's turned into a, a solid top four defenseman and he's yeah. only 26 years of age. Um, and uh, they've got him locked up for another year after this one at a very good cap hit for them at 2.67 million bucks. So, um, man, what a what a home run of a claim here by Bill Zito and the Panthers. And I got to tell you guys, I was really feeling good about this one, and I was really excited to share with you guys um, this this one that just kind of popped into my brain and was like, you know, I got to check this, but. I'm pretty sure Forsling was a waiver claim by the Panthers, and it's just unbelievable because he's been a hell of a player for them. So uh, thoughts on this one, boys? I don't remember him being a waiver claim, so so this is a great find and a great memory on you because I would have never came up with this one. But, um, yeah, it's been great. And now that you know Uyghur's out, there's been a couple injuries on the back end. There's two Florida Panther defensemen that are thriving from it you know i gotta mention brandon montour every episode it's in my contract yeah. so i will mention brandon montour right now and how he's having a norris trophy candidate season um but also forsling is is living up to it and uh getting a lot more minutes without we on that left side so he's on pace for 51 points but he plays a pretty good defensive game as well so yeah this is a great great grab and if they can lock him up after even better yeah, the first thing I thought of Harp when you were, you know, talking about a defenseman who was claimed by Florida recently, uh, who was drafted by Vancouver, I was actually thinking of someone different. I thought you were going to say Ole Ulevi, um, because that was someone I considered as well, but he hasn't really panned out yet, um, and he's kind of bounced all over since then. But yeah. this is a really good pick by you and what a fantastic waiver claim. Like we look at Florida's D right now and. Imagine they didn't have him. First of all, they're not including Uyghur in that deal uh, to send him to Calgary. Not a chance, because without without Forsling, that left side is pretty atrocious, not going to lie. Forsling, is, right now I'm just looking at the D pairings, and he seems to be paired with Ekblad on the top line. The second line right now is Mark Stahl and Brandon Montour, and then Josh Mahara and Matt Kierstead. So... 
again, without Forsling, um, you know, you've got a guy like Ratko Gudis out right now, but without Forsling, that back end is just not as scary at all. Um, and even with him, I don't think it's that scary. So it just shows how important he is to that team. And that's what I love about these waiver claims because sometimes, you know, you claim a guy and then you waive him a week later. That happened. You know, that happens all the time. The first one that comes to mind for me is when the Leafs um, waived Adam Brooks. He was claimed by, I want to say, Vegas or, or maybe Winnipeg. And then the Leafs claimed him back. And, you know, that happens all the freaking time. So if you're able to claim a guy and get value out of him, like another example I'm thinking of is when... Wasn't it? Sorry, sorry. wasn't it Montreal Brooks? Oh, maybe, but he's been yes, all around. Anyway, he's yeah. he has played for a Western team that I can't think of right now. But you're right. He's, like, with, uh, he's with the Flyers organization now. Yeah. So again, though, like the the point was that the Leafs ended up claiming him back and then waving him again, and that happens all the time. But to to find value for a guy is just incredible. You love to see that kind of stuff because it it is a gamble at the end of the day. You know, like look at a guy. Like Victor Mete, for example, who was waived by the Habs a couple years ago, and everybody thought, you know, oh, the Sens just got an absolute steal, and then he can't crack that top six, and he's not in the lineup. And now, he, I mean, he's playing for the Maple Leafs, but only because their top six defensemen are hurt right now. So it's like sometimes it, you think you're getting value and you're not. Other times you have no idea what to expect and you find value. And I think that's what happened with Forsling there. They didn't really know what they had in him, but wow, he's panned out for them for sure. I just looked up Brooks. We were, we were all right. We were all right. He hey, I, he went from so Toronto to Vegas to Winnipeg to Montreal, <laughs> yeah. something like that. So he was on all of the teams we mentioned. Um, yeah. No, I like and, this and one he's, too because he's with the Flyers now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Adam Brooks. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like this one too because it's another one that went full circle. Like he was drafted by Florida, and then he gets claimed a few years later after you know finally blowing up in the AHL. And there's so many stories like that where. You know, teams because of the way they they're structured, they have to drop a younger guy, and then you know things change. And a couple of years later, he goes on the waivers, and it's like, oh, like I'll take him. Uh, not the same situation, but also last year was Nathan Bastian, who got picked up picked by Seattle from New Jersey, and then played a handful of games, and then instantly put on waivers, and the Devils claimed him in a heartbeat because you know teams. It's the easiest move you can make because you're already familiar with the player. 100%. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple just because it's fresh in my mind as we're talking about like disgusting waiver claims. By the way, the Leafs are like definitely last place in terms of you know the amount of teams who claim players from Toronto. Like it seems like teams just laugh at it and they they claim from Dubis and company every year a handful of players, but. I wanted to bring up a couple years ago when, do you guys remember this? When Garrett Sparks was AHL Goalie of the Year the year prior, had a, a relatively good camp with the Maple Leafs, and he made the team out of camp. Um, and they were expecting him to reproduce his AHL numbers. Um, and to be honest, at the time, I thought it was a good decision, but it turned out very much not to be. Because, 2.0. Yeah, because they had to waive... Curtis McElhaney 
and Calvin Pickard, both of whom were claimed. I think McElhaney went to Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, and then obviously he went to Tampa Bay and won either one or two cups. I don't know if he was there for both. Um, and then Pickard, I think, was claimed for, I don't know, he's claimed by somebody. But the point is, Detroit, both goalies were claimed. Yeah, and the Leafs had Garrett Sparks, who was unplayable. So that's just how the waivers have, uh, you know, kind of screwed the Leafs over the years. That's one example. I think the one cup was Elliott and Wedgwood were the backups in Tampa, weren't they? Yeah, I think McElhaney has one. Yeah, he, he has the, one of he, them. He did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, this season in particular, we've seen some pretty interesting waiver claims. And uh, today, especially with Tolvanen going to Seattle, like we said right off the top. But one that I really liked, and I think he's looked really good there, is uh, Yusuf Valimaki, another former first round pick, goes to Arizona. And um, I think because of him. And some other young defensemen there, like a J.J. Moser, for example, um, oftentimes they'll do 11 and 7, 11 forwards and 7D, and uh, they placed Dyson Mayo on waivers uh, today, which kind of surprised me because he had a, a good year last year and got himself an extension. But I think like a guy like Valimaki coming in on a waiver claim where he came in and played right away and, and finally got an opportunity that he didn't in Calgary um, kind of forced them to go to this 11-7 and seven like they've been doing for a while. So that's another one that really sticks out to me as well as an interesting one. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise cool. to me to see him go to waivers. Yeah, Another one, too, while we're talking about this season, and like I think we're almost ready to wrap up here if you guys don't have anything else, but... The, the one that comes to my mind right away is Magnus Helberg. That guy has been everywhere this year. And I, <laughs> and I just pulled it up because I wanted to see exactly where he's been. So Detroit waived him. Uh, and then Seattle claimed him. And then Seattle waived him. And then Ottawa claimed him. And then Ottawa waived him. And Seattle claimed him. And then Seattle waived him. And Detroit claimed him again. <laughs> That guy's been all over the place, and as far as I know, that's where he currently is right now, is in Detroit. But what a, just like, God, don't don't buy a house anywhere. Like, just yeah, a suitcase seriously. at that point. But Like, I, I remember two years ago, Buffalo claimed uh, Janssen Fialbi from Washington, and I think he was maybe there for a week, played one preseason game, and then they waved him and he went back to Washington. Yeah. Oh my God. But uh and, and you know, like a lot of great stories. Like we, we, we talked about Forsling and, you know, just what a player he's turned into for Florida. But when you mentioned Helberg, it reminded me of Anton Forsberg and his journey because mm. that guy's been everywhere too. And so he finally gets himself a landing spot in Ottawa and gets that three year extension and certainly things have been up and down for him and the entire team. But you're always happy for a guy to, to finally get his landing spot and get an opportunity somewhere after just bouncing around like crazy. Yeah, for sure. Last thing I'm going to say is that uh, big announcement next week. Big announcement coming next week. So stay tuned for that. 
yeah, definitely. All right, looking forward to that. And uh, thanks, guys. Really, uh, really interesting episode topic. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for this. It's it's great to be back on. Uh, and looking forward to seeing you guys here uh, over the holidays. And we'll chat again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.